Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Nicolas Bayash was born in France, but made his way to the US with a stop in Brazil through his work in sales and business development. In December 2020, Nicholas left his corporate job and started eStreamly, a live video commerce software as a service platform empowering brands, retailers, and creators to engage with shoppers. Here today to talk about his international work experiences, his passion for sales, and love of natural food is Nicholas Bayash. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Sanjay. So excited to be here. So uh, I'd love for you to give us a little bit about your background uh, and kind of what got you to the point that you're at right now. Yeah, so my my parents were entrepreneurs. I think uh, if I look back at the uh, older generation, they were all entrepreneurs in the uh, fish industry. Uh, and uh, you know, when I when I was seven, I started to uh, be uh, on the back of uh, of of the truck to sell fish myself uh, from seven seven on, and really realizing that first of all, I love sell, but I don't love to have my hands on the ice. And so from that standpoint. <laughs> I was started to look for what's the where, where a warmer place to be. Uh, so I made a, a crochet by by uh, by the UK where I found out that it was not warmer there. Uh, <laughs> then went to Africa, Brazil, and now I'm in the US. And and through that journey, I I, I got to. Um, to experience from a lens perspective, of food perspective. So I had a chance to work on different aspects of the food supply chain um, and also on the sales side, you know, from B2C to uh, D2D to supermarkets to, uh, you know, directly uh, direct to consumer and, and, and to brands. Uh, so I, I I really got that 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 chance to to experience a lot of different things that led me to uh, extremely. Yeah. Do, do you think that, um, was it your experience uh, with your family being in the fish industry? Is that what led you to do food stuff afterwards as you were leaving? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, because, you know, when, when you, my parents were obviously kind of like, if you want to think about like selling fish, so you kind of close to a farmer's market. So really, uh, really close to food and, and also being French, you know, the, the food culture is, is very strong, right? So, when you are in this entrepreneurial journey, like my parents were, you know, your friends are the butcher, your friend are the the guy who, you know, the baker, the, you know, the, so, so you, I end up growing around this notion that food was really important and artisanal food was really important and I got to love it. And, and that's kind of led me to that. And then through my international, you know, discovery, I found out that, you know, we can find um, food differently by, uh, you know, have an impact on the planet by working with, you know, local farmers that are in other parts of the world and paying them correctly. So I did a really lot of involvement in organic fair trade. That's got me to travel a world, a world, a world. Um, and then led me to, to, um, to work in America. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, it's interesting. You kind of mentioned that your your parents were entrepreneurs kind of going back as well. Um, what were, were there any kind of standout lessons to you that um, kind of re- you remember to this day of, of seeing them as entrepreneurs? Well, entrepreneur is a hard job. Uh, it, it's really hard. Uh, I think, I think, you know, you can be very successful the next day, not being successful anymore. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, I mean, it's success is, is something, uh, but it's, it's a lot of hard work and, and, and efforts and constant. So I think if, if you want to be entrepreneurs, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of joy and, and fun, but it's a lot of stress and hard work. And if you're not ready for that, then you probably, you know, it's, it's good to stay on, on your, on your day job. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so talking about day jobs, um, you had a day job and then decided to leave and go full time into starting your, your company. What was that? What, what caused you to make that jump and, and what are you doing now? Yeah. So I, I, I did an MBA at MRE, uh, in 2016. Uh, and then f- when I joined MRE, my goal were very clear. I wanted to be a more, uh, how do you call it? I have an executive presence and something that I think, you know, uh, very important in America. Uh, I was a French, you know, coming from Brazil and some of those other places, my executive presence was like near zero. Uh, so I, I figured that having an MBA would be great. And then through that journey, I realized that, you know, the, the MBA really opened up my mind uh, and seeing that, wow, there, there is other things uh, that, that are also really exciting. And I think, you know, as any entrepreneurs, uh, and, and I remember like when someone was posting that on LinkedIn recently is like, oh, you know, at your corporate job, you're making good money and you'll keep progressing, making good money. And then you, you, you think that when you go entrepreneur, you're going to explode your, uh, your bank account and all that. And then you realize that that's not actually the case, but, uh, but that's really what drives me. It's like, Hey, you know, I can, I can take on, uh, my own destiny and my own life and, 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 and do something that I love and that I'm really passionate about and being, it was not about being my own boss for me, but it was really being my uh, overcoming fears and challenge and and being able to expose myself to things that I have no clue about. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell us what is Extremely and why you decided to do that. Yeah. So Extremely is a live and video commerce platform. So what we do is we enable brand creator uh, um, entrepreneurs, as you say, to get into a live event. And then through the live, people can actually shop directly from the video without ever leaving the video. So it's notion that, you know, 80% of the internet today is is, is consuming video on the you know, that's, that's how people consume video, but yet there's no good way to shop from that video. Um, so what we did is that uh, we basically embedded payment directly on video and then uh, among other things like chat and all that. And so you can actually do a live stream, engage, shop, yeah. or, you know, upload video content and then and shop. So so that's, that's what it is, shoppable video. Yeah. So wh- why this idea? Why did you decide to do this and, and where did the yeah. idea come from? So... I, you know, on my previous job, I was uh, working for this company called called Naturex. Um, we were in the food business, and uh, I was helping a brand of all size to remove artificial ingredients uh, from the food supply chain and replacing by natural product. And so, you know, got to, to grow this business like crazy. You know, we, we started at 700k, and I pushed it to 40 million, and you know, I got to work with all size of businesses, like from the Coca-Cola to the Tyson, to the Danone, to the Procter & Gamble, to the mom and pop shop and, and all that. And I really realized that, you know, 
in this day and age, uh, you, there's really two channel of distribution, right? You can distribute through supermarkets if you have the connection and the money, or you can go online and try to sell online. But the problem with selling online is that uh, how do you how do you exist online, right? If you if you you need to know picture and text and and, and all that, that's pretty much what e-commerce is about. But someone like me, you know, I'm really bad at making good picture and good text. Um, without, you know, put me in a video and let me chat with someone and I'll probably be okay with selling them something. So I figured, let's say, how do I enable that into a digital environment? How do we bring people at the center of commerce? And that led me to the journey. Um, in 2018, I met my co-founder and then for four years, we, we kind of look at, uh, not four years, like two years, sorry, we, we looked at different things, technology-wise, blockchain, VRR, and, and something. And, and we landed on live streaming, and that's how we we got to to launch this. So, um, okay, so you started just you and your co-founder. Um, how did you start building this? Is this writing code yourselves? Is it piecing <laughs> together pieces that are out there? Yeah, how did you get this going? So, so my co-founder, like the chance I had, she used to be uh, a technology partner for a lot of startup building uh, technology for others. Um, so she had a team of of tech, of dev and, and all that, and she she loved like uh, great challenges. Um, and I love to bring new challenges to people as well, and 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 get that. So we 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 kind of went along very well quickly. Uh, so we had the idea, I think it was on mid-December and by January 1st, I think she had like a, some sort of a prototype. Uh, it was a really bad prototype, but she said, I think I can do it. Well, we didn't realize it will take two years <laughs> to do it, but uh, because, you know, in two weeks you get something and then now it's two years of work to, to get it where it's actually really cool. Right. But, 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 you know, it's, that's how we did. And so we, we did that and then, um, you know, uh, hire some folks along the line and then start working on this. And so I was more on the business side, you know, outreach with customer and she was really, you know, hands on on the, on the tech side and trying to make it happen from, from a technology perspective. So it sounds like a, a good marriage between the two of you. You're, you're kind of on the business side, she's on the tech side. Um, so in terms of you, how has this, you know, your background and experience of working in all of these different countries um, influenced you and how you run this business, or has it? Yeah, I I, I think um, the 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 way you know it's funny you say that you know the 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 client we work with today. Um, I mean, there are competition in this space, you know, and and they they come to us because we we tend to listen to folks, uh, we tend to you know pay attention to what they're saying, like what's the challenge they're having, and like how we can work together to to make it happen. And I think you know that that really. Um, shape me through for my different experience uh, internationally and everything. Right? It's not like a one size fits all. It doesn't exist, and it's really more about like, okay, what's your real need? What's your real problem? How can we solve your problem? Can we eventually solve your problem? Because in many cases we can't. And so that that's really being able to to do that and not trying to force you a product that hey, that's the way it is, and if you're not happy, that's the way it is. But it's more like okay, how do we retrofit what we have to make it a solution as opposed to you know a plug and play kind of thing. Right, right. So um, it, that's interesting. Uh, so, you know, definitely a lot of that is missing out in the marketplace because it's usually a take it or leave it type of thing, especially as organizations get big. And I think you're at a size where, where you have that ability to really cater. So um, start talking about maybe, um, you know, when you started this. It's been a couple of years now, right? So maybe you're now at the point where you're like, okay, I, I kind of see product market fit. You, you see people using it. But 
there's probably things that scare you now still. Uh, and there's probably a lot more that scared you a couple of years ago when you were starting out. What were some of those things that scared you and how did you overcome those fears? Yeah, I, I think the thing that scared me right at the beginning, um, I think we were, you know, blind enough not to feel there was any anything that was scary. Um, myself and my co-founder, we say like, oh, this is going to be the next great thing. Let's do it and we'll figure it out. So we didn't have any fear. I think the fear was always like, hey, let's make sure that at some point we will be able to sustain ourselves and sustain the family that we have. Right. Um, now, if I look at it now, it's like, um, obviously, you know, once it, we, we're not, the, I don't think there's any market where you have the best idea and everyone, you know, you, that's going to run everyone down. So it's more about like, okay, how do you manage uh, what you've built at the size you built with your resource you have, and then uh, don't get outcompeted by a competition that has either more money or different things. And like, and it, for us, it's it come down to we need to be really, really good at listening customers. And our fear is really like, can we reach? Um, can we um, find the right customers that wants to do that, be successful with them, and and move them along as fast as possible before they get reached out by you know bigger brand that. So it's it's it's. The, the real fear is that the competition aspect of it is it's 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 least stressful. I'll say I'll say this. Yeah, way. yeah. When you were starting out, how did you guys fund yourselves? Was this all a bootstrap <laughs> thing? Have you raised money? Like how yeah. how do you, how have you made it all work? So there's the official version and an unofficial version. So the the official version is like we're fully bootstrapped, which is true. Uh, the unofficial version is that uh, in 2018, when when I met my co-founder, I met her at the blockchain hackathon, and you know I think I was very interested in blockchain at the time, and uh -huh. you know I put some money there, and then I got lucky, like every folks that are, I mean. Folks will tell you that this is not luck. It's about science and knowing, you know, but I think it was purely luck. So we got a good <laughs> chunk of money and then that money was what got funded the company. Um, obviously right now saying it's, uh, we are blockchain funded is, is definitely not like uh, in the hype that it was. So the right. that's not, that's why it's the unofficial, but um, a, a big chunk of the money was coming from that that kind of investments. So uh, good to get out before everything imploded. Um, <laughs> yes. And probably in retrospect, good that you started a company when you did to, to make you withdraw that money before yeah, it imploded. It, although, although you know, like uh, that's where you say it's really luck because we didn't, uh, I didn't take enough out because now, uh, you know, it's like uh, with the market being down and everything, but it's going to come back. You know, I have good faith in this technology, so. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. Let's talk a little bit about your sales background. Um, you know, you've, you've done sales and, and interacted with people, but it's been mainly in the, the food industry. How has that shaped how you run eStreamly and and interact with these customers? Has a lot of your customers been from the industries that you dealt with before, or have you kind of gone off and just found new customers in other industries? Yeah, it's um, you know, um, 
when you're in sales, you say that your biggest asset is your uh, your list of contact, right? Um, and that's that's that is true. Um, I unfortunately always never had the chance to live out of that, off of that. I will say because you know, I, you know, having lived in in different countries, every time you start from scratch again. And starting at Sunli, uh, even though I met with, you know, and worked with some of the top brand CPG in the world, I start again from scratch because my contact on the R&D and procurement side uh, from my previous job. And here I'm talking to marketers and, and this is completely new. Um, I don't know how to talk, I, you know, I had to learn about how to talk to marketers. I had to learn about, like, I had to learn also that, you know, R&D and procurement people don't really talk to marketers. So they don't, they are not willing to make much intro really. So, so I had to, to get everything from scratch. So I think the, 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 what really, um, uh, I have learned through through the food side is that you know selling food is is, is kind of a technical sales in some way you know because mm-hmm. you're not selling an experience or anything you're selling like okay well at least from where I was coming from I was selling like a, a, a technicality right okay if you use this ingredient it's going to do this differently than using that one and and you can make this and that and you know so it's a very very technical sales and so I have taken a very technical approach to. Uh, to the sales of, of Extremely as well, which is uh, surprisingly has been working. And that's kind of what people have, you know, liked about me and say, well, at least when we talk to you, we think that uh, you know what you're doing. I'm not sure it's true <laughs> though, but at least that's the appearance. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's I- that's interesting because you would think that the sale to marketing people would be more fuzzy, right? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. you know, it's going to let you do this, that, and the other, and, and not a technical sale. Why do you think that's hit yeah, that I, they I, like the technical sale? Is it because they don't get it usually, or, or is it something else? Well, I, I think, I think the, you know, I, I, I have, you have to play with your strengths, right? So I am not a marketer personally. So I, I, talking to marketers is a new, a whole new language. And so I could say, okay, you know what, I, I can either learn that and, and, and be a marketer within the marketer and, and, and try to swim the, the same fish, or I can be who I am and then talking the way I, I always have approached it. And so that's kind of what I've done. So it's actually really interesting, you know, talking to marketers and then trying to, to take the technical approach to it. Uh, it's not a eat run at all the time. Uh, so you have to adapt and everything, but, um, that, that's what has been working for me. Um, and, and I feel that, um, um, you know, if I were to talk the marketing language, it, it would be a little, uh, you know, uh, an overkill, I won't say mm-hmm. an overkill, but like, you know, a, a fake, because that's not how, how I do things. And so it would have been difficult for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Um, you know, play to your, play to your own strengths. Exactly. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, stress and, and the demands on starting up, like, especially in these early years, it's, it's tough and it's a lot of work. How do you balance that with the demands of family and friends and, and spending time in those places? Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I, I think, I think it's important to realize that, you know, uh, when, when you launch something, um, first of all, what, what, what you can see on Twitter where everyone's going to be successful from day one, raise millions of dollars and, and then going to be like this huge company that's going to be on, on FOB 100, like, like, you know, next day that 
doesn't that only exists on Twitter. Um, it, it's 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 work, right? It's it's work. It's hard work. It's difficult. Uh, people are going to tell you ten times no. They're going to tell you why your product is bad, why everything you do is bad, why you don't even talk the right way, and everything. They will tell you all the bad thing you can imagine. Um, but I think for me, it's been about like, um, so the, the way I've handled that is trying to really dissociate everything. So you have the the, the work time, uh, which is basically, you know, I, I will wake up early in the morning, get the kid ready. So which is family time. And then at 7, 7.30, I'll say I start to work. By 4, I stop and then I go to family time. And when everyone is at bed, I go back to work again. Um, and in the weekend, I, I kind of only dedicate to the family and maybe we work on the weekend. Uh, but this is, you know, this is how I, I kind of overcome and, and make the balance between everything. Um, it, it's important to dissociate the fact that uh, people want good around you and they will tell you advice and all that. And so how do you balance between a friend telling you something that is just because he's a friend and doesn't really understand and then what's a real advice? Uh, so that's also a big challenge because, you know, if you, you, you listen to 10 people and they will tell you 10 different op opinions and you have to make your own opinions out of that and which one do you listen and everything. Um, so the balance is, is about just being open to all those criticism and all those advice and everyone knows better uh, than you. And at the end, you, you are the one doing it. So you have to make the cut and making it. And, and it's important to... Uh, to give space to everyone uh, so they don't they they feel that you listen. And I think that's that's how I've done it so far. It's not yeah. easy, but it's it's really fun. I, I honestly, you know, it, I hope I'm I'm not coming as grungy or anything, but I, I I really enjoy it personally. It's really, really fun and it gives me a lot of joy. Yeah. Um on, on that note, like if you could go back in time, um, it's only been two years of time, but if you could go back in time, is there anything you'd do differently? And and if so, what? Um, I, I think that the, the, you know, if I could go back on time and have the learning that I got for those two years, then I would uh -huh. be much more efficient. But if, <laughs> if I go back on time and I don't have any of the learning with me, then it will be really tough. Uh, because, you know, you, you, I think the most important is you have to be ready to learn along the way. Uh, and, um, that, that is, that's a big important thing. Um, maybe, you know, if from, um, you know, we, with my partner, we really took the, um, like, if I look at the competition, for instance, right now, they, their approach has been probably smarter um, because they say, okay, you know what? We are going to do the less amount of technology that's going to achieve the biggest impact the fastest. And for us, we went to an approach which was, we're going to make something that really makes sense that people want to use. The problem is that um, all of a sudden it's much more work and much more complicated than 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 it could have been. Um, but now we are seeing the benefit right now, and then we are you know banking on those benefits where others are kind of left on the dust. But in the way they have raised, you know, they have been able to amass a lot of money, and so you know that. So that's the downside of it. It's like mm -hmm. how do you? go between speed, um, like that balance between speed and, 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 you know, product execution is really a difficult balance. And I think if I could go back, I'll probably tune down a little bit the, the, the product, but like not so much, just a little bit, 
So yeah. I get a little bit more speed uh, and then achieve and, and be at a, at a slightly better position than where I am today. Yeah. If Do you feel sense. like, um, so what you did was maybe you tried to develop a product that was too much into the future versus like too, you know, like we talk about MVP, right? Minimal yeah, viable yeah. product. It sounds like what you're saying is um, you didn't go for the MVP with MVP plus, like you went just a little bit more and then maybe you should have pulled in a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we 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 went with um, you know that that notion of like uh, non MVP MV plus and everything. There, there was, I think we, we we probably had a a vision of I mean we we had a vision of what we wanted this to do, right? And then at some point we could have um, you know instead of, I won't say took shortcut, but we could have said you know what let's let's put this uh, element. A little bit later in the roadmap, right? So uh, let's validate, you know, those things first, and that, and that. So, so that's kind of uh, that. That that is kind of the challenge. Like, but again, I, I think where we are today is because we've done that the way we've done, and that's the u- very difference, the uniqueness of our product compared to anything on the market is because we have taken that product approach. Right. It's also right. the weakness. So you know, yeah. it's. It, it, that's why it's a little difficult to to balance it out. I think it's uh, we will know in two years from now if it was the right call or if right. it was a really terrible call. Right. Uh, uh, you know, TBD. Uh. <laughs> but it, it sounds very much like you you um, deferred early short term growth for the long term. Yes. Kind of like hey, this is what it should be. Yeah. And and we're willing to wait to to get there. Yeah. And we and and also because we. In some way, we had our own fundings. You know, we were not looking at, hey, let's uh, let's get good numbers so we can go to an investors, get five or ten millions there, there, and show like, hey, look at how great we are. And we always felt that uh, we needed to show real thing from you know actual real work, um, and that's that's hard. Uh, but what we realized, the, the other big big learning we got through that journey, it's sometimes it's easier to sell a dream than to sell an actual thing when it's running yeah from an investor perspective right so yeah. uh, so right now we have a product so now to be able to achieve some uh, of that you know fundraising and you, you have to really deliver awesome numbers awesome things and so we are getting toward that so that's that's where the stretch is and and, and i would have loved to to tune down a couple of things uh when if i could go back it, yeah. it's but it's at the end of the day, it's uh, there's no perfect pass. Uh, there's probably mm-hmm. one that is faster than the other for sure. Um, and 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 I'm a big believer in resiliency and and you know and just keep on keep on beating the drum, you know. And um, uh, in five years from now, we'll probably be still there, uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll be be drumming. And uh, even if we have no money, we'll probably be keep running to it because right. I know at some point it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be working. Yep. Um, yep. And that's that's what's going to differentiate us at the end. Yeah. So um, last piece of advice uh, from you. Well, then I've got one more question after this. But um, what would you tell somebody who's thinking about taking the leap uh, to turn their side hustle into a full-time thing? What would you tell them? Well, I what, what I will tell them is that, uh, first of all, don't do it for the money. That's, that's important. And if you're really passionate about it and you really think you're into something... Um, I will do it like, you know, just, just do it. I, I think, 
I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's the learning of just experimenting itself, mm -hmm. getting challenged, getting to market, uh, trying to grow it yourself, hire, hire your first folks, um, implement those, those, you know, the structure around it and everything. It's just fascinating. And it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. It's stressful. Uh, my wife still doesn't understand what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and, but, but at the end, it's, it's part of it, right? It's, um, it's really cool. I, I will really encourage you to do it, anyone, to do that. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, what's really important, I think it's that resiliency and, and just being consistent, right? So if you, if you go for it, uh, it's going to be tough and just know that it's going to be tough. And then when it's tough, don't give up, you know, just, just keep at it. Because at the end of the day, you know, the difference between, I think, success and non-success is the people that give up in between. Because I think we can all be successful. It's, it's a matter of, because people will tell you, you know, like when you do wrong, they tell you like how to adjust to be better. And so if you listen and then you, you make those adjustments and then you, you keep at it, it's going to work out. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, my last question for you, which is a piece of advice. You're a natural food uh, enthusiast. Um, is there some food that most people don't know about that you just absolutely love? Or is there a recipe that you absolutely love that everybody should know about? Oh, um, there, there is some ingredients in the food side that I'm absolutely passionate about. Um, let, let, let's hear them. Let's get the it, secrets out. Yeah, I, you know... Um, on my previous company, you know, we were replacing chemicals uh, by plants. And there are some plants that are just fantastic. Um, you know, one of them that come to mind is rosemary. Uh, rosemary, you know, like whenever, like, you know, f uh, in food, food is, is a combination of, of protein, water, uh, fat, and, and, and sugar, right? But uh, the fat tends to, to, to turn rancid and have a taste. And then rosemary is what we were using pretty much everywhere to kind of stabilize that and then it doesn't have to taste. Um, and so it replaced most of the chemical out there that are really huh. harmful for, for your health. And you can do it with rosemary and it just do wonders. So this is like one of those that's really cool. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan also of, uh, of another one that is interesting. It's, uh, it's called Kualaya. It's a tree from Chile that um, has, uh, you know, uh, the ability to emulsify make emotions and all that. So really technical ingredients again, but uh, really, really fun ingredients uh, to play with. Um, and yeah, and, and I, I'd, you know, when I think about food, um, it's uh, for, for me, it's, it's about like how local can you be? Mm -hmm. Like where, where can you get your food? Like, uh, can you work with like a, a local restaurant or can you work with, you know, local farmers and everything? Because that's, that's where you're going to have the biggest impact. And so for me, that's, um, you know, aside of the ingredient itself, I'm always trying to, to get with who can get my, my product cl as close as possible from my house. So, so I have an yeah. impact on, on, on the environment and, 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 and on the farm itself. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. Um, okay, Nicholas, uh, where can our listeners find and connect with you online? Yeah, so um, our website is called eStreamly, E-S-T-R-E-A-M-L-Y. Dot com extremely and uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Nicholas Bayash. I'm pretty active there. Um, a little bit on Twitter, but uh, mostly on LinkedIn and, and on my website. And you can reach out. Uh, there's uh, you know calendar and all that. You can you can you can reach out to me there. 
Awesome. Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show today. No, awesome. It was great to have you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Pari. You can find me on Twitter at at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparek.com.